In this episode of Stories Behind the Grind, listen to my conversation with Monique, ex-project manager turned mindset and transformational coach. Monique helps business owners to turn their pain into their power. Monique has been through hardships, including being pronounced clinically dead at the age of 19. Monique, can you tell stories behind the grind community uh, about more about who you are? Yeah, sure. Originally, I am from Germany and I am traveling full-time already for four years now. I'm a scuba dive instructor. I am a passionate dancer. I am advocate for sexual violence survivors. I'm also a mindset and transformation coach for businessmen. I'm totally addicted to yellow and pineapples. That's a huge thing for me. And yeah, I'm a lot of things. So I'm a very diverse person, I think. How do you balance doing so many things at once? Oh, you know, it's, that's a really good question, actually. I think it's really important that you schedule time for yourself. I think we had that when we scheduled that podcast that you were like, oh my God, that's so cool. You take time for yourself. Because I said like, sorry, I can't do that day because that's my day. <laughs> and it's really important. If you don't take care of yourself and you don't do what you love besides work, because work really is, is not work for me. It's really what I love to do, right? But there are so many things I love to do. And so I blend them into my routines on a daily basis, for example. Like I wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. First thing I do is I dance. And That's so... A great way to sort of get energy. Um, energy yeah. at the beginning of the day. Great idea. Yeah. But it's also, you know, that I'm set up for the day with like such, not only energy, but love and, and just like happiness because I started dancing when I was three years old. And dancing is literally my love of the life, you know? And it's like my, my biggest passion ever. And so if I would have to stop dancing like forever, I think I would be really miserable. So even though I'm not doing it professionally anymore, but I just include that in my day. It must take you back to your childhood as well, doing something that you've done from such a young age. I was born with chronic diseases and the dancing literally helped me to express my feelings and frustrations and emotions and pain that I had to go through. If it wasn't for ballet and dancing in general, I would have probably, and I'm not kidding with that, I, ha I would have probably tried to kill myself at one, one day or one time uh, as a teenager because I've gone through a whole lot of shit and dancing was always my way out of everything. It would take me into another world. And so this is not only like my happiness in a sense of like, you know, the positive way, but also the way of bringing me back onto my path and, and helping me to express myself. Because when you're younger, especially as a child, having a lot of pain, you're just not able to, to talk about it, to say how you actually feel, to to sit down and, and express those feelings, you know? So this was the perfect outlet. And yeah, it takes me back, especially if you listen to those tunes from the 90s, you know, I'm a 90s girl. So mm -hmm. I listen to Aqua Barbie Girl sometimes just to get me back. And <laughs> um, it it's, makes me happy for sure. It's funny, I actually, um, I'm from the 90s as well. I was born in 91. And um, I remember actually having an Aqua um, CD Bit of a fan uh, from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny, last time someone asked a question online, which song can you sing forward and back and you're embarrassed about it or 
should be embarrassed about it, right? And I was like, Aqua, Bobby girl, and I'm not embarrassed about it. <laughs> <laughs> you start the morning, you dance. That, that brings you into a really good frame of mind. Are there any other things you schedule in regularly on a, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so, um, you know, at the weekend, for example, I usually take time. So I have one day off per week where I usually don't do anything, like nothing that is related to work. I usually spend my time walking around a lot or going to the pool because there's no ocean here. Uh, So I can't scuba dive. Then I would just, it really depends on the day. So whatever I feel like, I'm just going to do it. And if I don't feel like doing anything, I really don't do anything. Like I'm just gonna do nothing. And so the other day off is not really a day off. I'm using that to learn new things and really concentrate on um, personal development and, you know, growing my mindset or having to clear sometimes energy. Sometimes it also means that you just lay in bed all day and think, you know, you just take time to think. That's really important for me as well. And otherwise, on a daily basis, I listen to podcasts each morning for, or like audiobooks, it's more audiobooks, but also podcasts uh, for an hour while I'm getting ready. I do journaling most of the days. I try to implement meditation now. I have the most raising mind that you can imagine. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, We call it a monkey mind here in Thailand, like from a Buddhism kind of view. And so with a monkey mind, it's just, it's just impossible to meditate. So I'm trying to implement like seven to 10 minutes of just sitting quiet and focus on my thoughts rather than trying to push them away or, or sit in silence only, you know. There are a few things that I do, and I have a four-hour morning routine, so that keeps me quite busy as well. <laughs> Is your morning routine something you've developed over time, something you've, you've added as you've discovered more about yourself and how you like to do things? Yeah, definitely. You know, to be honest, uh, first of all, I always tell my clients every single time, Personal development is called personal development because you're not implemented one day and then it's done. There is no magic pill out there. Um, You're not going to go to an event for a guru and be transformed in three days and then your work is done. That's just bullshit. (laughs) That's just, I have to say that. And it's, you know, the truth is those events, they are awesome. They're amazing, but they are just the beginning of your work. And so um, a lot of people, they get discouraged or unmotivated afterwards because they think like, oh, you know, now I have been to these events and I've been transformed, but why is it going back to where I came from? Like, why is it not working anymore? You know, well, you don't put the work and that's why. So yes, back to your question. I obviously developed that over years and years i had setbacks i also stopped doing that so many times i didn't implement habits properly because i didn't know how to do that so i had to literally learn and study years how to do that which is why i know my shit now it's really i think it really helped also that i studied project management which is not at all related to my mindset work but i do integrate it a lot because it helps so much with structuring, planning, with knowing what works, what doesn't work for different people. 
so it's actually an amazing combination that people don't grasp in the beginning, but when they see how it works, it's, it's clicks and it's amazing, you know. Definitely a valuable skill to have, being able to pull everything out and um, being able to adapt as well. Yeah, totally. And you know, I still adjust it. It's, it's, gonna, it's never going to end uh, the work that you do and then you feel like, oh, you know, maybe this part of my morning routine doesn't serve me anymore because now I want to develop in this direction, so you have to add something. So for example, if you maybe have a relaxation meditation in the beginning and now you actually want to grow your mindset into something more bigger than you are, right? You want to grow a legacy, you want to build an empire, you want to help other people, something like that. Then maybe relaxation is not what you need in the beginning, but maybe you need declarations to build your confidence, you know, to build um, your your inner fighter and, and unlock your full potential, you know? So there are meditations for that as well. And it really depends, you know, like sometimes I have weeks that I do only a part of my morning routine um, because it, the rest doesn't serve me for those weeks or I have appointments that I slip into the mornings because I'm in Thailand and I mean you probably know that in Australia as well if you work with the US you know there the time zone difference mm. sometimes make it impossible to work on a proper timeline for myself so I adjust to my clients so I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. then for them. I'm going to stay up through all night, you know, stuff like that. So then I just adjust my own day and structure. I think many people, I only talk from experience uh, myself, but it seems like sometimes it feels like you fail when you don't do your, I guess, routine. I think you've really got to take the, um, the bigger picture and go in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, missing, missing one small aspect of, a, I guess, a morning routine, for example, isn't the end of the world. You can always pick it up again the next day. Exactly. You know, there's actually, there's one thing <clears throat> which is really, really important, I feel. So if you have a set morning routine, it is really important to stick to it. But um, my morning routine, for example, you know, it's like four hours and it goes on and on and on. And um, I have like set times for everything, right? So imagine I just go to bed like like it happened uh, last night. I go to bed at 4.30 a.m. because I had a coaching call and I wake up at 5. That's just, that's just not possible. So mm. four hours of full sleep are non-negotiable for me. I need four hours and then I can wake up. So what I learned from Robin Chama, I don't know if you, if you know Robin Chama. He's from Canada and he's a... He's a well-known motivational speaker and he teaches a lot about uh, productivity and mindset as well. And what he said is, it's really, really important that you stick to it so it becomes a habit and you do it as a routine, but it's already enough if you do it for some minutes, you know? So mm. if I get up really late, I can just drink my whole morning routine down to a mini version of it that's a this, great suggestion yeah yeah and this is really important so if you usually go to the gym every morning for an hour and you feel like one day like holy crap i'm really not like either i'm too sick or whatever whatever life throws at you at least do a 10 minute workout at home yeah just to say you've done it it's just about building that habit i think exactly over and over again. 
Yeah, and it's the signal for your mind that there is no exception, right? Because the exception is what becomes a rule later. And this can be also really dangerous because once you choose not do it, then the next time you think, okay, well, now I don't have to do it as well. And then, you know, then the exception becomes the rule and that mm. can be really dangerous as well. So once you slip out of it, you're probably out. But if you just stick to it, but adjust it to the, the moment in you're in or the situation you're in, that's a way better solution, I think. And then don't beat yourself up. If you can't go to a gym for a full hour, but you still do a high intensive workout for 10 minutes at home, the effect is the same. The, the actual thing behind it is movement to energize your body, to get yourself going, to be more productive, for example, right? Whatever you do with the exercise, that's the, that's the main effect. And it's important that this is what you keep going. It doesn't matter whether it's 10 minutes or an hour. Yeah, so don't beat yourself up for it. I think it's also about checking the, checking the bigger picture. Like you said before, it's, a, it's about movement and about energy. If you sort of draw your attention away from exactly what you're doing and understand why you're doing it, it can be a lot easier to sort of stick to it over, over the long, long term and not to, like you said, beat yourself up and put yourself in a negative mindset because you didn't do it. You know, today I might have only did a small portion, still move closer to my goals. Yeah, 100%. You know, unless you're an Olympic athlete who needs to train six to eight hours a day, I think it's well-deserved to sometimes like also scale it down a little bit. You know, an hour of exercise each day is, is very ambitious. A lot of people do it, which is fantastic. But a lot of people get scared and they're afraid like they can't keep up with it. So they don't even start doing exercise, you know. So I think if you can just start with 10 minutes, like high intensive, like if I don't care if you go jogging, swimming, running, if you just do jumping checks for 10 minutes as fast as you can, it doesn't matter, but move your body. That's literally, as you say, the big picture, do what's good for your body, you know? And um, it's not always about 90, 60, 90, uh, body size measures for the girls and uh, you know six six pack for the men um, that's not what it's about you know no not not at all and I think I think I think the hardest part is is starting things become a lot easier even you know the hardest part is the first five minutes of anything really because your mind can often play tricks and it's easy to procrastinate but if you even if you show up for five minutes you can often those five minutes might turn into 10 to 15 to 20. 100%. It's really overcoming. It's really turning up, showing up. Yeah, totally. Do you know the five-second rule from Mel Robbins? Probably she's spread it all over the world now. Uh, it'd be great for the listeners to, um, to hear it. Okay. So she had a TED uh, talk about it, but also she wrote a book. I highly recommend watching the TED talk. So Mel Robbins, she talked about a five-second rule. So literally it says, as soon as you make the decision to do something, do it within five seconds. So um, count down from five to zero. And by the time you reach zero, you've got to do it. Otherwise, your mind already um, took a step back and decided not to do it against even your will. This is like a, a very basic rule that is proved by scientists as well, that if you make a decision and you don't act on it within five seconds, you will probably have your mind reminding you of your survival mode 
and not do it. And your mind often tells you, tells you these stories that are completely fiction. These are often a lot better than what you think they will be. Yeah, 100%. And you know, our brain is not programmed to make us happy. And we always need to think about that. It's crazy. It's not programmed to make us happy. Our brain is only in evolution. It got only as far as survival mode. So each time there is like something that is making us feeling uncomfortable or afraid, or we develop a little fear of whatever it could be, right? Fear of failure, fear of success, maybe procrastination because this task is really big. Or as you say, start to exercise, right? Our brain is having a huge alert system because this is a threat to us. It's not for survival, therefore it's a threat and the alarm goes off and our brain tells us, don't do that. It's gonna make you uncomfortable. You will never gonna do that. Stop doing that. Go back to your sofa or go back in bed and stay there. And if you don't act in five seconds, you will go back to bed and stay there and you will never gonna crawl, like never. So act in five seconds or if you can in three, even better, don't even, don't even try to just reach the to zero. So act as fast as possible to make sure you reprogram your mind. And the more you do it, the more your brain will understand that whatever comes at you is a threat, but you will do it anyways. And it will be more okay with that by the time you do it a lot of times. That's it. Your, your brain sort of gets used to acting that quickly and, and then it almost becomes a, um, it's a habit. I'd love to ask you about resiliency. Do you have any advice for those looking to develop it? Something someone has naturally or do you think it can be improved? It can definitely be improved and learned. You know, the thing is, it depends if you have a fixed or a growth mindset. People with a fixed mindset, they say like uh, it can't be improved and the people with a growth mindset, they know you can improve anything you want. So um, resiliency is definitely something that some people have more and some people have less, but it only depends on how much trauma and adversity you had to go through in your early um, childhood and teenage years. And the more adversity and trauma and hardship you had to go through, the more resiliency you probably built. That doesn't mean that in your adulthood later on, you can't build it it's not the case so you can definitely build it and even you don't even have to go through trauma um so we don't want you to to have to go through trauma to build it um you can learn the uh, um steps and the process of resiliency to know that with any little challenge you can set your mind up to be more resilient and shift your mindset to the uh, yeah resilient way of dealing with life right like I said, it's, it's all about those challenges and problems that come up and even just going through the little things, you know, even if it's starting, a, for example, um, starting to work out, even that can develop resiliency as you, as you push through it. So anything that really challenges you or pushes you to grow, develop resiliency, even in little aspects. Like I said, it doesn't have to be the big, the big dramas. Often the dramas can definitely help you develop resiliency, but it's not the only thing that can help. We should actually help our children to develop resiliency in a very early age. So 
there is a lot of discussion about uh, what should you do, for example, when kids cry, right? And some parents, they just let them cry. Some parents, they give them a lot of attention and, and maybe even the wrong way of attention. And some people just tell their kids, like, don't cry, you know, like there's nothing you need to cry for. And there are so many ways you can do it. In my opinion, there, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a parent, so I can't say it from a parent side of view, right? But there are so many right and wrong ways, right? But from a children's perspective, you you shouldn't let a child cry because that's a there's a reason for that kid crying, right? So as a parent, we need to actually take the responsibility and either find why this kid is crying and then help the kid and also help this kid grow into what's wrong with you, you know? If this kid is crying for attention, then maybe explain that kid if it's old enough, depends, right? But later show this kid how this kid can get attention without having to cry. Because this is what parents miss out on, proper communication skills, for example. They just don't teach their children the communication skills they need in the society these days. And so resiliency really starts in so early years. I remember, for example, when I was so small, I got beaten up by five uh, boys in my kindergarten. I was uh, maybe four years old or five. I got beaten up. And usually, like in, obviously, like Western society, girls and boys, they are social conditioned, right? Boys are always told, don't cry, um, don't be a pussy, don't be weak, you know, you have to be strong, all this kind of bullshit. And girls are always told, don't make any trouble, don't, uh, it, it's your fault if, some, if someone uh, attacks you kind of thing, you know, like, oh, did you wear a short skirt with this harassment kind of, you know what I mean? It's this kind of conditioning is happening a lot. So when I was attacked and beaten up, the kindergarten teacher saw it and she's like, what did you do to make them angry? And I was like, what do you mean? I didn't do anything, right? It wasn't me. I was just playing with my, with my toys there and they came and literally just beat me. And so I was thinking in my head, like, why would she ask me what, like, why is it my fault that they were just super stupid coming up and beating me up? So I told my granddad and he told me, like, Monique, the next time you just kick back because they're not allowed to beat you up and it's not your fault if you don't do anything that provokes them, right? So it's not your fault. Next time they come, you just kick back. And if your teacher says that again, you tell her she's wrong. And so it happened again. And I literally kicked all those boys. Not that I was able to beat them up, but I kicked back really bad, you know, and I mean, we we're all kids, so they stopped beating me up. And the teacher again came and I told her she doesn't have to ask me, she's wrong anyways. And I walked away. And it made me feel like, you know, I kind of had the control, even though I was beaten up, but I had the control. And so, like, my granddad helped me to understand that you don't have to let things happen to you. You can also take the control, you know. Yeah, I think, I think a, lot of, uh, a lot of stuff in life, I mean, shit happens. You can really choose how you react to a situation. You can't change the situation. Exactly. You change how you react to it. Exactly. And that's very, very important. 
and a lot of people they don't understand the difference between blaming and taking responsibility because i can blame those boys and go hey you kicked me that's shit of you like that's your fault or i can say well okay they kicked me that's really shit but what can i do now so it will not happen again the next time or if it happens again then i can react better right so what i did and by the time obviously i didn't know but what i did i told my friend that and he helped me so i can react better i mean it you can see it the one or the other way if kicking back is the the solution to the problem that's another question but i didn't have to be beaten up you know i i was able to just kick back a few times and they would leave me alone and so this is the same way that would happen now so if something happens to me now yes shit happens as you say but as you say the way i react to it is the other thing and what i do afterwards is the more important thing like i can choose to be a victim or i can choose to be the survivor and fight and take the responsibility for the the time after whatever happened to me and then nobody else can anyways have the control over me it's only me right so i have to take responsibility for my life and this is what a lot of people misunderstand yeah, it definitely puts you in a, in a powerful position when you can take responsibility for the um, the good and the bad in life. Yeah. It puts you in a position of, of control and that it's your life and you're in control of your own life and not to blame anyone else for whatever happens. Exactly. What's been your best advice for life that you've received? I didn't really receive it. It was more an experience. So I was 19 years old and I literally died of one of my chronic diseases. I had a cardiac arrest and I was clinical dead for 25 seconds. And this taught me how fast life can actually be over. Like seriously, in a second, it can be over. And I was just so lucky to have my life back. And I was looking back at its time and I was like, damn, I was really not good at living life. I totally sucked at living life. I was either living life as a rebel like doing anything that people told me not to do or i would do things that i was kind of told to do but thought you know it, it was just necessary for me to fit into society or something like that but i would never try at that time to make myself happy or actually figure out hey what is it that i want to do what is it that would make me actually happy why is it that I'm still here in this town or whatever the question were, but really like this, this event, this showed me that I have to live life every day as if I die tomorrow again. And this is like the best life advice I can give everyone. Stop giving a fuck. Stop thinking about every single step that you do and just start living today because tomorrow it could be already over. And really, you do not want to get into the situation of having to think about, shit, I missed out on living life. Regret's a terrible thing, getting, getting to a point where you go, but I can't anymore. It's definitely what drives me. Like you said, life 
life goes quick. It can go quick. And it, it's, it is important to, to make the most of every day. I mean, the more you make the most of today, then everything sort of just builds on the day previously. And so the more you can do today, the better you'll be tomorrow. That's right. Something I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm still trying to, uh, to get involved, try to maximise how I spend my time. You know, procrastinations they are definitely something that, that affects a lot of people. How do you set up your mind for success? How do you try to get the most out of every day? The morning routine is a really good start. You can feel a difference if I get to do the whole morning routine or not. I can definitely feel the difference. The things I learn in the morning, they're really as well. If, if they're not well chosen, then I feel like I cheated on myself. Because <laughs> um, the audiobooks and podcasts I listen to in the morning, if I don't learn something new in that hour, I feel like, oh, you know, you just kind of wasted an hour. And I don't have time to waste, really. So I make sure that I research a lot for what I'm going to listen to. I ask for referrals or recommendations. Yeah, I make sure I'm not just going to choose uh, randomly some ebooks or whatever it is, Audible or any kind of um, podcast, but I make sure that they are going to um, educate me on some level. Otherwise, it's really what I do uh, for a long, long time is I usually do that um, on a regular basis. I check in with myself if the person who I am just now is the person who I should be to uh, uh, reach my goal, right? And you should ask that yourself at least on a weekly basis. But the question is really who do you need to become to achieve the goals that you set for yourself? And the question sometimes is very painful because sometimes you feel like you're stuck and you have to get out of there and you don't know how. Sometimes you feel like you're surrounded with the wrong people and you have to, even though you really, really like those people, but you have to get yourself into other social circles, which is very painful if you do like those people that you have to kind of leave behind a little bit. But if you're committed to yourself and if you're committed to your goals, then this is the only way to go. It's about, it's about the people that you surround yourself, the people that you want to grow with, the uh, mindset that you crawl, right, to get where you need to go. And it's not that we are doing that for, and if I say we, I'm talking about like all the business owners and entrepreneurs that are really want to change the world like you, like me, like a lot of friends I have in my network. It's not about that we are doing that for money reasons. We are doing that because we have so much to give and we really want to have impact in the world that is going to change something, you know? And so I think this is really important. This is certainly how I'm setting up a mind for success. It sounds probably simpler than it is, or it doesn't sound like a huge thing, but if you do it on a regular basis and if you review as well and look at yourself in a very honest way, I'm not talking about self-criticism. I talk about an honest way, looking in the mirror, talking to yourself. Um, yeah, then you're on the right track. Yeah, it's taking that, that objective view about who you are and, and not, not, not being caught up in, in um, everyone else's opinions of you as well. It's really just you know, you want to know yourself. I mean, it is also important to ask 
the feedback from from those closest around you as well because sometimes they can see something that you can't but like you said it's all about developing yourself and, and going towards your bigger purpose now you mentioned earlier on in the podcast that um you're a transformation uh coach have you got any um sessions coming up yeah, so I'm uh, recently going to change my coaching from one-on-one to a group coaching program and also changing the people I'm going to work with. So I'm transforming my transformation coaching, which is, uh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm transforming my coaching into a new group coaching program. And I'm going to work with businessmen and male entrepreneurs who are limiting their successes through um, past traumatic experiences or any kind of influential events really that is that had high impact on them on an emotional or any kind of level and they suppress the feelings, they suppress the emotions. They probably don't even know they have them. So as you say, procrastination is one of the most common things that shows up or also the imposter syndrome. So if you're a businessman who procrastinates a lot, who loses focus, then that could have a lot of underlying reasons that has nothing to do with the procrastination itself. As well as if you compare yourself a lot, or if you're looking around and you think like, oh, I should be way further. Like, what am I doing here? Why I'm not getting there? This has nothing to do with your skills nor with your knowledge it usually has to do with a mindset block or a limiting belief that has been manifesting throughout your childhood or teenage years and in my new group coaching we're going to tackle that as a whole male tribe led by me <laughs> we are going to face those issues we are working with them we are going to turn these pains into your power and we make sure that um, these businessmen can become the most helpful version of themselves. What a valuable course and um, best of luck changing from the individual sessions to the group sessions. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. I'm currently building this uh, whole thing out and uh, planning everything and having some trials running. So I'm very excited to finally launch that very soon. So a question I'd like to ask all guests on the podcast is what's your definition of the grind? So my definition of the grind is probably the whole opposite of Gary Wee's hustling. <laughs> um, the grind for me means 1000% determination for your goals, commitment to yourself, and the pure focus and discipline to push through. And it has nothing to do with hustling because if you don't commit to yourself, that means you can hustle your way through. But that also means you're gonna burn out. Commitment means as well self-love, taking care of yourself and respecting if you need a break, for example, so that you can actually push through the next day or the next week so there must be a balance and with balance I don't mean 50 50 it's like an integrational balance so for me really that means commitment to yourself determination and focus and discipline sage advice to a 
all those entrepreneurs out there. Thanks so much, Monique, for, um, for coming on the podcast. It's been, um, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much for inviting me, Aiden. It was amazing to be here.